Want to unlock the potential of LinkedIn and accelerate the growth of your personal brand? My online LinkedIn program offers a step-by-step system to help you do just that. It's the same framework I use to grow my followings from 0 to 30,000 followers and 500,000 in income. Through three modules, you'll learn how to optimize your profile, create compelling content that people will consume, and leverage growth hacks to boost your visibility. The course is concise, easy to follow, and highly practical, with each module distilling hundreds of hours of research, experimentation, and first-hand experience. By completing this program, you'll gain the knowledge and tools you need to drive traffic to your profile, increase your top-of-mind awareness, and grow your connections. Whether you're a job seeker, business owner, or simply looking to promote a course, this program is the key to unlocking the power of LinkedIn for your personal brand. Learn more about this program at adriantan.com.sg slash LinkedIn. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of The Adrian Tan Show. On this podcast, I speak with entrepreneurs, HR leaders and coaches who have a great impact on the future of work. I hope they distill their life lessons so that the rest of us can learn from their best practices. Employee Appreciation Day 2023 falls on March the 3rd. It's a perfect opportunity to speak about the importance of recognition in elevating workplace culture. But beyond just another superficial festive, there are things that company can do to truly live the day, such as having the best practices for Employee Appreciation Day for 2023. What are some strategies for integrating employee recognition throughout the employee life cycle? How do you invest in employee experience during uncertain time and how to build a culture of belonging during this period? And with me today to share more on this is Alan Haywood, the Managing Director of Asia Pacific of OC Turner. Kicking off his career in banking and finance and later running a retail travel business, Alan has always believed in the importance of a thriving workplace culture. It was his move to an employee recognition and workplace culture organization in 2006, now OC Turner, where Alan discovered what it means to be truly inspired by and connected to an organization, his people, and purpose. Prior to the role of managing director for the APEC region, Alan gained an in-depth understanding of the business, market landscape, and unique cultural needs of some of Australia's largest organizations via a range of leadership roles encompassing sales, marketing, client service and operations as well as innovation. One constant throughout each phase of his career has been his passion for galvanizing his team and leading positive change, which included spearheading the transition of ownership of the Australian business from public to private ownership under OC10. Away from work, Alan likes to Away from work, Alan likes to keep fit, spend time with family and travel with his Away from work, Alan likes to keep fit, spend time with friends, and travel with his family. Hey, Alan. Welcome back to the show. Thanks, Adrian. Great to be back. You're one of the few returning guests that I have, so really happy to see you and to be speaking with you today. For the listeners who may be new to you, could you give us a short introduction as well as let us know about your background in the employee recognition and workplace culture space? Absolutely, and I'm honoured to be invited back. Thank you. So I'm Alan Haywood. I'm the Managing Director for OC Tanner for Asia Pacific. I've been in the industry for 17 years, just a week ago, turned over my 17th year anniversary. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. And it was it's actually an industry I fell into a little by accident. And I might have told that story a little bit last time, but something that resonated really strongly with me and, and it's been a very enjoyable 17 years. What do I do? So I lead the Asia Pacific business. I'm helping and I've had the good fortune of working with a lot of companies, medium and large, create 
thriving workplace cultures and it's something that I really enjoy. I've got a great team, got some people in Melbourne, people in Singapore and about to put some people in other parts of Asia. But uh, love what we do, love the clients we work with and love creating great employee experiences. So the Employee Appreciation Day, or EAD for short, is coming up on the 3rd of March and it's really a great opportunity to discuss the importance of recognition in elevating workplace culture. Now, can you share some of your thoughts on the best practices for celebrating EAD and how companies can really make the best of this occasion? Sure, sure. I think there's many ways you can celebrate Employee Appreciation Day or EAD, but Maybe if I can just for a moment just talk about, I guess, the why before the how. And we do a lot of, at OCTAN, we do a lot of research into workplace cultures around the world. And what we found is that showing appreciation for employees, regardless of their title or their location, makes them feel seen, heard and valued by leaders and colleagues. It also increases this sense of belonging and it boosts morale and fosters a culture that helps attract and retain employees. And our, some of that research suggests that employees are 20 times more likely to remain connected and engaged when companies celebrate together. Could you repeat and that? It's not 20%, right? No, 20, 20 times. 20 times. 20 times more likely to remain connected when you celebrate together. And Employee Appreciation Day is, is one of those opportunities. And when recognition is integrated into an organisation, the odds of employee attrition decrease by 29%, the odds of burnout decrease by 80%, and the odds of a thriving workplace culture increase sixfold. So those are pretty significant numbers that go to the, I guess, the why we should think about doing things on an Employee Appreciation Day. So if we think about the how, be sure to thank employees equally whether they work in an office or they work remotely. And importantly, don't forget those remote workers when you're when we're doing celebrations or in the office. So you can celebrate Employee Appreciation Day for remote employees in lots of ways. You could send them an email with a nice personalised message. You can have virtual team meeting where you celebrate team successes, provide lunch or even a personal gift to their home. Or you could send e-cards if you have a a recognition platform, a recognition solution. We could send e-cards. But when you when we think about a gift, really importantly, if there is a gift, it needs to be meaningful to the employees and help them feel connected to the company. Uh, so custom gifts that symbolise the organisation's culture and history, branded clothing, swag, T-shirts, backpacks, those sorts of things that are something memorable that go beyond just the reward or the gift itself and actually are a meaningful thing that can that employees can remember. And then I think probably the most simple thing that can be done is an executive or CEO message out to the employee base that is well-crafted, that lets employees know that the work they do is meaningful and how it translates to the purposes and success of the organisation. The part about bringing people together to celebrate really resonated with me because when I was still running my first business, we had many opportunities to come together. Obviously, this was way before COVID. We try to meet up whenever we can. And there are specific occasions that people still look back to even after two, three years later mm -hmm. because we had so much fun, really appreciated how the company went above and beyond in trying to make them feel special, to make them feel deserved to, to be part of the organization. 
But in the current context, of course, where hybrid and remote work seems to be a norm, taking that away, are there things that perhaps companies would have to look at in order to compensate the fact that not many people or not many instances where we can get people to come together? Are there workarounds behind that in order to make it as meaningful as before? Yeah, I think it is. It's being intentional. And so not forgetting anybody recognising that there's people that are working at home, people are working in cafes, people work in the office. But even like this is, it's a new challenge, but it's also not a new challenge because how often we you're generally a very small organisation where you have everybody together in the same place at the one time. So I think it's just being intentional about utilising the tools that are available and um, arranging celebrations for when you have when you can connect the most people at the same time, regardless of location. So thinking about time zones in global organisations and making sure that you're not organising something that is at three o'clock in the morning for, for some people. So I think it's, there's many things you can do, but I think the easiest things to do are thinking about your population, your employee population, and thinking about how you can connect them at the same time through physical and virtual means. But then it's the meaningfulness meaningfulness and the authenticity of the message about letting people know that you see and value what they do and employee that's exactly what employee appreciation day is all about is if we talk as an organization that there's this thing called recognition and there's this thing called appreciation appreciate recognition is the act appreciation is the feeling so on employee appreciation day unless employees actually feel appreciated then we probably haven't done our job. So it's thinking about that as opposed to what can we do to celebrate? It should be what can we do to help people feel appreciated? And under that sort of banner, I think that influences the types of things that you do and the and the effort that you give to connecting those people. And of course, this would mean that the sense of appreciation shouldn't just reside over a single day. It has to come throughout the entire year. Otherwise, it's just purely lip service. We'll give everyone a pat on the shoulder on the day itself and then, okay, back to your job, back to your workstation. That, that goes a lot to what appreciation is and there's lots of research that says people remember how you made them feel long before they, long after they remember what you said or what you did and that that's where appreciation being this feeling is and as you said, is it, it, appreciation done well is long-lasting value of it for the employee and the organization is last for can last for a long time could you also break it down into different segments of the employee life cycle because for any employees in the organization they go through quite a lengthy life cycle from joining all the way to exit or retiring and you mentioned early on of course there are many different touch points where a company can look that in showing their appreciation, making them feel that they are appreciated. And of course, you talk about having the swags, the stuff and all that, which are good. What's your advice to some company who may be very early to this part of the journey? Are there specific milestones you would advise them to place a larger emphasis on in order to get the biggest bang for dollar? Yeah, good, good question. So I think we all know that the employee life cycle begins even before an employee's first day. And so it's, and that's where swag boxes can be good is to turning up on somebody's, at somebody's doorstep or 
you know, if it's on their desk, it's on their first day. But a new employee receiving something before they arrive that first day is aimed at connecting people with the organisation and giving them a sense of value and worth early on. So I would say it's never too early to to start appreciating the fact that people have chosen to join your organisation. I think the world has changed a lot in recent years and there is people have a lot of choice in terms of where they work. It's not just about the company. So whether it's pre-start, whether it's through the onboarding phase for new starters or whether it's a 30-year anniversary, there's lots of ways to use recognition. There's obviously the career anniversary and, and the recognition of performance but there's celebrating the completion of projects, there's solving challenges, there's achievements, there's personal growth, there's accreditation that in certain roles and industries that you you can pick up on, there's teamwork, there's many. But what I would also say is organisations, there's many more organisations that take a traditional approach to recognising somebody's sort of tenure with an organisation and it often will be five-year, 10-year, 15-year, 20-year. And then if you ask them and say, okay, what is your what is your attrition profile look like in your organisation? Is you can often find they have a really big issue at year three where people join them and at year three they drop away. And so our advice would be there is some fundamentals, but there is also some things that are quite unique to industries and organisations to say, where are your problem areas? What could you do? If you have people dropping away at the end of year one, what are you doing as you're leading up to the end of year one to say, you, we, you joined us, you've done a great job. We want to appreciate the fact that you've been with us for 12 months and the work that you've done and contributions you've made to then reinforce their value to the organisation. So I think there's there, there is some there's a number of ways that you can is project work achievements and so on. But then I think it's organisations looking specifically at their profile and what can they do to help influence that and help people feel connected rather than waiting for five years when there might be a big population that doesn't ever make five years. And of course, in sharing this about EAD or Employee Appreciation Day over 2023, you also come at a very interesting juncture whereby the past year has been very uncertain and challenging for many companies. We've read online about tech companies going through layoff, Twitter going for another round, potentially many others as well. Some adjacent companies are also taking a hit. Can you speak to the role that companies should really look into trying to balance this both sides of the equation, especially for companies that might be going through some layoff right now? Because it does seem quite awkward to be dishing out swag on one hand and severance letter on the other. Yeah, I, I guess it's it has been a challenging year or two for organisations. They're caught between the sort of recent crises and trying to find, I think everyone's still trying to find the right hybrid work model and the, that works for both the organisation and the employee. And there's also the potential economic impacts that are coming down the line, high interest rates, high inflation, that could be quite damaging to, to, to cultures. What I would say is it's in these times of uncertainty that employees, their need to feel secure and understood and seen and valued is even more important than ever and they need to know where they stand. And I don't think you can say there's a risk that we're going to 
we're going to have to make changes to our business structures so we're not going to do any swag. I think there, there's a role for, there's always a role for change and you can never guarantee people's roles, but it would be a shame because there's a risk of changes being made that we don't welcome employees into the organisation. So I think it is, it's being respectful, it's being conscious of the investment that's being made and and being smart about the investment so it's not not you know welcoming people in with grand gestures of rolex watches whilst you might be let's say goodbye to some people out the back door so it is i think it's been really quite intelligent about the investments that, that you make and keep them as low as possible whilst try striving for maximum impact I think it's all speak volumes of some of the companies that have undergone some form of restructuring or layoff, especially companies which come to mind would be like Airbnb, even though they have to do some major restructuring a few years ago, but the love, the kind of appreciation from employees, even those who were affected, was overwhelmingly positive. And of course, mm. the company went above and beyond by still taking care of them at many different levels as they would of a typical employee. And I think that speaks volumes of how a company actually carry themselves on a day-to-day basis to allow their people, even those who have been affected negatively, to feel that kind of appreciation and love that the company has been giving up to them almost since the day they've joined. And given that you are working very closely with many different companies in this space in trying to help them in these specific areas, are there a few examples of other companies that you can share with us that have been successful in this area? And what are some of the things that other companies and our listeners can learn from them? We've got many examples. A couple of examples from within our region is... So we work with Treasury Wine Estates. That is, a, It's an Australian-based global winemaking and distribution business. They have regional offices in Singapore and China, and they sell wine in in over 70 countries. They have been successful in integrating recognition into their employee life cycle and and their way of being as an organisation. That was under the direction of a new CEO back in 2020, where they reinvigorated their recognition framework to create and lay out a new cultural vision. So they were one, and I could tell you more about them. And in terms of how recognition was used, they what what they had was about aligning recognition to purpose. That was the most important thing for them, and highlighting and reinforcing the desired behaviours of this new this new cultural vision that had been laid out, which was to create a culture of care, courage, and inclusion. Uh, so what Treasury Wine Estates do, and they're geographically dispersed. They've got people that are working remotely at home. They have people in office. They also have people out in wineries. And they were being really intentional about, um, and I guess the wine market has been up and down over the, over recent years. So they've had to, they've at times had to go through layoffs and so on. But what they've had is this constant of recognition of their global workforce and the role that they play and the value that they add is creating this sense of community and belonging for their employees that even when they have needed to separate from them, they've had to make redundancies and so on. And it's never going to be a one-size-fits-all or it's not going to work for everybody. But generally speaking, they are employees are leaving in the best possible way, feeling respected and still appreciated for the work that they did and the work that they contributed for the time that they were there. And they're an organisation that 
on the back of their new recognition vision, their new cultural vision. They had, I'm just looking at some notes here, they had a 27, 26% year-on-year increase in their engagement and inclusion survey response rate, with their survey showing strong results against key cultural indicators around culture of care, which is really important, safety, and the way the organisation demonstrates care for my well-being, and then flexible working. So there's some key elements in there that they're not just about saying, I feel recognised, but this culture of care and well-being are really important for that organisation. So, I mean, that that's one. And then we have Insurance Australia Group. That's another, they're Australia and New Zealand's largest general insurer. They've got a similar story in terms of what they've done to create create a meaningful connection with their employees that that helps them feel connected when they're in the office, when they're not in the office, and um, ideally retaining those employees, but where they are needing to disconnect, people are still valued for the work that they did for the time that they were there. And that that requires some real intention and real commitment to the community that is the workplace. And Ositana has a wealth of experience in the employee recognition space. Given your insights and your finger on the pulse, can you share with us some of the key trends and development you're seeing in this area right now? Yes, I can. So we just launched our 2023 Global Culture Report at our Influence Greatness Conference back in September last year. And there were some trends that came out of that and we're not those trends are, seem to be continuing. And there has been, it's been quite interesting for organizations to compete for the hearts and loyalty of employees and i think employees are still trying to decide how much of their lives they're going to give to their jobs so when we, in our research which i think the, the 2023 report had 36,000 we, we surveyed 36,000 through quantitative and qualitative research methods their feelings about workplace culture in a range of areas but that was something that came to really strongly and employees want more from their work. So that's also a key trend. More than salary or perks and benefits, they want a sense, they want a sense of fulfillment from doing work that has a purpose. And again, this topic of community, they want to feel like they belong in their workplace community. So improving the areas of balance, community, growth and purpose, they are the things that help employees have a sense of fulfillment and our research says that highly fulfilled employees plan to stay at their organisations years longer than employees that aren't fulfilled. So it's a, I would say one of the key trends over the last couple of years is almost a switch from engagement or a shift from engagement being a, a, a really key measure for organisations to fulfilment. You can be engaged but not fulfilled. People are much more likely to stay than just engage people. Fulfillment is a contributor to engagement, but you can, fulfillment is the new, it's the new black almost. It is the thing that if you can nail it as an organisation, that is the thing and there's a lot of things contributed that will help you create this relationship with employees. Another topic is around leadership burnout or leader burnout. So one of the way we speak about is leaders are employees too and I'm not saying it's been forgotten, but it almost has been forgotten a little bit that leaders, the role that they play today, the requirements that we have of our leaders is much greater than it was pre-COVID. So 
not only do they have to do more with less, um, they've got a lead teams, they've got big responsibilities, they've got turnover they're dealing with because people is going back to that point around they're deciding how much they want to give to their work. But they also have this growing role as a counsellor for their employees. And what that's leading to is burnout. And our research actually said that the, we have a greater likelihood globally of leaders leaving organisations than employees leaving organisations because there are, it is such a significant responsibility we put on their shoulders and we often they often go unseen. Their focus is on helping their employees, but they need appreciation and they need support more than ever. So what we see is that we need to give leaders the resources and the support and tools to meet those, those increased responsibilities, but also we need to monitor their well-being and their risk of burnout and show them genuine appreciation for the roles that they're playing within the organisation. It's like what the cabin crew would tell you on the plane, right? During those safety briefing, you put on the life vest on yourself first. First. Before you do it for the person next to you or for your kids. And you rightly mentioned, I think this is really often overlooked across many different parts of the world that we tend to forget that people or leaders are people too. They also feel pain. They also may feel sad, may feel angry, and they just go through every single day almost like everyone else. And it is important. And in fact, I think it is. it might be a bit more challenging for them to take care of themselves. The kind of support might be a bit lesser and less intentional because most people would just imagine, oh, leaders, you can take care of your own. But then the truth is they also require that support system. They require that kind of enablement in order for them to make it better for themselves before they can try to pass it forward. To other yeah. people. It's interesting. We so at our Influence Greatness Conference, we had Brene Brown as a as she she attended and was part of a fireside chat with our chief people officer. And I'm Brene Brown's very popular in the US and in Australia. I'm not sure how popular across diff- the different parts of Asia, but one of her key topics in all the books that she's written is around vulnerability. And I think that's one of the challenges with leaders is this this personal risk of being vulnerable to to say, I need help too. So I think there's two sides to that coin. There is the organisation being aware and understanding that leaders need to, they need help. They are people, as you said, but as leaders being, letting their guard down a little bit to say, actually, I need a bit of, I need a bit of care here as well, but also acknowledging that to themselves to be able to provide some self-care because it can't all be outward in. It has to, yeah, there's self-care required as well. So I think it's it's changing significantly, I think. That's one of the real trends that's happening is this need for leaders to find this, the right balance between being a leader and being a person and for themselves as well as for their people, which is a really interesting dynamic that we're watching with interest. It sure is. And I hope this episode will help propel this thinking forward as much as possible to help leaders reflect upon themselves and to really be vulnerable and ask for help they need to and, of course, then pay it forward to their employees as well as to the rest of the company. So thank you so much, Alan, for coming on to the show today. For people who may be keen to learn more about what you do, as well as the report that you mentioned, where can they go to? They could go to octanner.com and you'll find all the information you'd like. You can reach out to me, alan.haywood at octanner.com. But we'd love to 
We love speaking to organizations about challenges they're having. And you could, on our website is the Global Culture Report. There's information about the Influence Greatness Conference. A team of people, as I said, team in Singapore, team in Melbourne that would love to have conversations about your unique challenges. But what I would say is nothing has to be complicated. Taking care of people, we can, our people in our organizations can, we can overcomplicate it. We can keep it pretty simple. If we execution, there's a there, there's things you need to do to deal if you're in a large organization, but it doesn't have to be significantly complicated to, to make quite a difference. And a great place to start is Employee Appreciation Day. This week is letting people know that they matter, that they're seen, that they're valued, and you don't need organizations like OC Tanner to do that. But if you need help, octanner.com. Awesome. All this will be into the show notes. And yes, keep things simple. It's so easy to just approach someone and say you really appreciate what they have done and it doesn't cost a single cent. And mm-hmm. try to keep things as simple as possible. It is as easy as saying I appreciate. Absolutely. Thank you so much for coming on to the show today. Okay, Adrian. Thank you. Good to chat. Thank you for listening to the podcast. You can refer to the show notes for links to more information about our guests and their businesses. If you enjoyed this podcast, it will be helpful to give a review on iTunes or follow me on Spotify. If you're using Overcast, please hit the star button under the episode. That will help get this episode and podcast out to more people who may find it useful. I'll see you in the next episode of The Agent Han Show.